The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Deep down the middle, has got his man, and he's gone! Jason Swain, touchdown! It's time for the Swain Event. With your host, Jason Sway. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Sway event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Give me two house and a red flag. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. 865-255-03 is our telephone number to the Irish Network's hotline. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, I'm live here in the Low-T Center. Ben is in the McKee Studios. And uh, Ben, did we hear you loud and clear this morning? Good morning, yes, Mr. Sir. Swain, a.k.a. Jay Swizzle, a.k.a. Jay Swain, a.k.a. Mr. Uno, a.k.a. Oos, a.k.a. Mr. Sicky. <laughs> whatever, man. Whatever, whatever. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm glad to be here. Feeling better to be here than not to be here. So uh, if I'm going to through, go through this thing, I'm going to go through it regardless. So I might as well do some, do some radio with my guy, Ben McKee, and talk some Tennessee Sports and, and some pro sports. I uh, do some radio. So, um, what's up, man? What's up? What a game last night. That That is one way to put it. Now, <laughs> I, I do hope that you do not have one of the symptoms that I had when when I had COVID. Dude, I probably, I've probably had all of them. I, well, my, my biggest symptom was just being tired and being fatigued. That was my biggest symptom. And I say that I hope that you don't have that because the week that I had it in Jeremy Pruitt's last month of being the football coach, what was that, December 2020 is is when I had it. I, I It was impossible for me to stay awake during the show. I mean, it, it was truly miserable to try and stay awake <laughs> during the show when I was quarantined in my house. So for your sake, I, I hope that you don't have that symptom because you're, you're going to be fighting tooth and nail to stay awake. I had that symptom last night during the basketball game. It went away <laughs> after the game was over. Well, that that 
that was a good symptom to have during the basketball game because, like you said a moment ago, it was quite an interesting basketball game. The first 37 minutes or so from a Tennessee perspective was not very fun, <laughs> to be quite quite honest. But a, a rough night at the office turned into a really good basketball game, and, and Tennessee was really effective over the, the last seven or eight minutes. So what a basketball game indeed. I mean, good teams find different ways to win, and it's not always pretty. And it's not always going to be pretty. If you play enough games and, and basketball, you play you know thirty something games. Not every game is going to be the same. That doesn't excuse what happened last night. It doesn't excuse the play for thirty six minutes, thirty seven minutes. But you still got to give credit to our players for stepping up. You know, we had two of our best players out against Alabama and failed to close the deal. Those two play those two players were back, almost back, but you can tell they were not the same. Um and Tennessee struggled, but this is why they make it a forty minute game, not a thirty five minute game or a thirty minute game. Because when it came down to crunch time, our guys made the plays. Viscovi, Viscovi, Bob, Santi took over, made some big shots, got to overtime. Tennessee put the ball in the bucket when it mattered most, um, and that's 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 what matters. You f- you have to first give credit to Ole Miss. Just I know we don't like other SEC teams. I know we rooted against SEC teams in the ball game. I understand this. I get it. It was. It was. I won't say funny. That's not the word at all. Um, but it was poetic that an old Miss player actually went down with cramps yesterday. It wasn't funny. But the player. Did, did you see the cramp on TV? Oh, yeah. It was a real cramp. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's one of the most vicious cramps I've I've ever seen. It happened right in front of the media section, and it, it looked absolutely miserable. Oh, yeah. I know the real cramp when I see one. That was a real cramp. That, I can see his muscles that, contracted. <laughs> yes. That, that, and, and that was not an instance that that you like to bring up of a basketball player maybe being a little dramatic. That, that man had a cramp. You know, basketball players all are dramatic. Yes. This is this not in that moment. No, man. No. This this was a real cramp. This was a real cramp, which I don't understand at this point of the season. How are you getting cramps? Are you I mean it's one of two things. You're not in shape or you're not serious about putting the right things in your body. And now this, that 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 was their first game in fifteen days. They had a COVID break. Uh their last game was was canceled. They hadn't played since couple of days before Christmas, so maybe that's why. Maybe. Maybe as I sit by vitamin C, I'll be on it all show today. So I don't so I make sure I don't cramp. But that was a real cramp. That was a real, real, real cramp. That muscle looked like a rock in his leg. But God stepped up, man, when it when it came down to um the end of the game. It was frustrating to watch, that's for sure. But you got to get the Ole Miss team. Yeah, so, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, Ole Miss is not a bad basketball team. 
And they, they were missing their leading scorer, Jarkel Joyner, who was averaging 15 points a game. Uh, he did not make the trip due to a, a back injury. And they also had two players who were unnamed. Don't know if they mentioned it on the broadcast, but two players unnamed who entered COVID protocol on Tuesday morning. So they, they, they were a little bit shorthanded, but for the most part, they had their guys. They had Deshaun Ruffin, uh, a five-star freshman. They had Matthew Morrell, one of the SEC's best three-point shooters, and he, he, he made sure to let people know that he's one of the SEC's best three-point shooters last night going four of six. Uh, they had Ty Fagan, their senior, who made a thousand big-time shots last night. He, he was five of six from three, eight of 11 from the field, 23 points for him. Seemed like every time Tennessee cut it to the two points, to four points, or, or tied the game, he hit a big shot. And there was that moment where Kennedy had – had back-to-back buckets with about seven, eight, ten minutes to go in the second half to, to tie the game coming out of a timeout. He had the lob to Folky. I think Tennessee was down six. He had the lob to Folky coming out of the media timeout, and then he had back-to-back baskets to tie the game. Brandon Huntley-Hatfield comes in and has a, a poor offensive possession, was weak with the basketball. Freshman moment. Over. Yes, led, led to points on the other end for Ole Miss. And then on the next Ole Miss possession, he he did not box out. Offensive rebound for Ole Miss. Ole Miss was able to hit a three. It was the first of back-to-back threes. Uh, and, and Ty Fagan was the culprit in that moment uh, once again. And at, at that moment, I thought Tennessee was done. When, when Ole Miss hit back-to-back threes and, and then was going to the free throw line and they were up eight or so, I was like, okay. This game is over, but that's also when Tennessee kind of started making shots. And for whatever reason, they just could not make shots the first 30, 35 minutes of that game. And then multiple guys stepped up and hit big shots. You mentioned Santiago earlier. Josiah Jordan-James had a really key three-pointer. Zakai Ziegler is, I just, I can't believe what he's doing right now. He is supposed to be a senior in high school right now. And he is a true freshman playing in the SEC, one of the best basketball conferences in America. And he's handling the ball, leading the offense, and he's knocking down big shots. And nutmegging. Yes, and nutmegging. Yes. You forgot about that, man. (laughs) I I did. Well, I didn't even see it until I saw a replay because it it happened on the other end of the floor from me. So I think that's why I – forgot about it but Tennessee made made plays when it mattered most overtime Olivier Camois stepped up and and was tremendous Rick Barnes could not say enough good things about him after the game talking about how that was the most that he had seen and heard Olivier talk on the floor in his entire career and he felt like he took a step last night and and hopes that that it leads to continued steps and continued progress. And, and Santiago echoed that sentiment that that was indeed the most that Olivier's ever talked and, and really took the bull by the horn. So hopefully something comes of that. But it, it was ugly basketball for 35 minutes, Wayne. Credit, credit Tennessee for stepping up when it mattered most because it's 
It's it was frustrating to watch them score 19 points in 20 minutes to to start the game, but then they score 15 points in five minutes of overtime to to get the win. Yeah, man. Shout out to uh, Kermit Kermit Davis and his basketball team. I mean, they didn't they didn't play with the full deck, but they still played and they played hard and. They gave they gave Tennessee all we all we wanted, and um, they played with some passion. They played with intensity. Some of their key players st- stood up and stepped up and made some made some some key shots. But you know what it was with Olivier, don't you? Oh, it was the baby cornrows or the baby dreads, whatever you want to call them. It's the braids, man. I I saw I saw it last night when he came out, and I was like. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get a different type of Olivier tonight. It was the braids. It was the braids. Got the individual braids with the rubber bands at the end. It looked like they had rubber bands at the end. Um, that's that. He looked like a big, tall version of Little Bow Wow out there, man. And um, <laughs> that was a difference. That was a difference. That swag went up uh, to about ten. That's why he was talking. That's why he's vocal. That's the only difference, man. That's the only difference. Look, I. I was going to bring it up at some point. He he was tremendous in the second half of the second half and in overtime. I, I didn't think he played that well in the first half, but shout out to Urosh. Uh, another another solid the hook shots showing the the yeah the hook shots maybe hooks had two of them. and and what I like even more is him hitting the glass because you are <laughs> seven foot one. You should be rebounding the way that he's kind of started to rebound the last couple of games. And uh, I think it was clear that John Fulkerson and Kennedy Chandler were were trying to knock off the rust of missing the last game due to COVID and, and just simply coming off of COVID. Now, Rick Barnes w- was not having that when when I asked him that after the game. He, he, he did not want to point to that because – um, they did not practice the last couple of days the way that they played. He said that they were good in practice, and tonight wasn't a reflection of how they how they practiced, and, and that was since they had COVID. So he wasn't buying into to to COVID affecting Folky and and Kennedy last night. And, and Kennedy made winning plays down the stretch. Folky just had a bad night altogether. But based off of how Folky played after having COVID. Last year, Swain, it's hard not to imagine that it didn't have some type of effect for him and Kennedy. And, and so it was nice to see with, with Folky kind of struggling. Uro step up in the first half and then Olivier step up in the second half and, and overtime and, and kind of supplement what they were missing with Folky. And then Zakai Ziegler did the same thing for Kennedy when, when Kennedy was struggling because Kennedy had several bad turnovers. Uh, last night, and Zakai and Santiago were able to step up and kind of uh, settle the storm in the midst of those Kennedy turnovers when, when he was struggling. Man, the de- the defense for Tennessee, uh, one of the best defenses in, in the in the country, and man, it gave you it gave you that chance to win. I mean, my goodness, twenty seven turnovers Tennessee Tennessee forced, and some of those turnovers from Ole Miss probably were unforced, but we still give them credit to Tennessee. 27 turnovers. Tennessee had 19 of their own. Eight extra possessions for Tennessee. Uh, super important there. Olivier Camois, plus minus 
He was plus 14. I'm telling you, man, it's, it's, the, it's, it's the braids. It's the individual baby braids. That's the key. But, yeah, focusing. Um, both guys did not play the last game. Chandler and focusing. Uh, but Chandler still gave you, gave you 28 minutes. Uh, focusing 17. It just wasn't focus night. He just he just wasn't good. He 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 did not look like Folky from the jump. He wasn't. body language, the way he was he was running. I mean, he he looked like a he just did not look like John Fulkerson yeah, at he all. Just, yeah, he just wasn't good, man. No, he, Tennessee, he, he he struggled last night for sure. Yeah, Tennessee only had the lead for three minutes and twenty eight seconds. Ole Miss. Had the lead for 33 minutes, 45 seconds. I mean, Tennessee were da- was down at one point, 12 points, and good defense, and just stay in the course, man. Tennessee was able to able to battle back and 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 get get a get a get a dub. So um, Tennessee got a lot of work to do if they're going to be in the same category as is is LSU. Kentucky, big one on Saturday. Auburn, because I watched the Kentucky LSU game, and that was a different type of game. That's a different type of game right there, Ben. LSU defense is one of the best in the country as well. We might not see, we might not see sixty points in that matchup between Tennessee and LSU, but a lot to fix. Little time. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Hour number one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. We'll take our first break of the day. Swain Event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet irisnetworksusa.com. Hi there, Swain Event family. Are you in the market to purchase a home and a bit freaked out with the market right now? As someone who's been in your spot before, I'm familiar with what's going through your brain. And as a realtor, I've mastered the ins and outs of the buying process. When you work with me, you'll benefit from my experience and together we'll work toward making sound, smart decisions for your future. And of course, talk a little ball sports along the way. Just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42st.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, 
stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. Big, big, big thanks to uh, everyone sending love and good vibes and positive vibes um, our way, my way. Really, really appreciate that. Last couple days have been uh, adventurous. (laughs) Trying to fight the vid. Went outside yesterday, played with the dog. The dog was like, listen, I don't care what you got. I don't care what's going on. Ace was like, hey. You take me outside every day, and you're supposed to play with me. I don't know what you got going on, but you know what I need. Take me outside. That's all Ace was was saying yesterday. So, uh, the sun, man. The sun was out yesterday. It was 50-something degrees. Man, it's a beautiful, beautiful day. Got outside. Started feeling a whole lot better, man. The real vitamin D. The real vitamin D. So, Again, appreciate everybody, man. Had a couple people reach out. Uh, big thanks to Jennifer Morris. Had a couple people reach out, send send over some some goodies, some lunch. Um, really, really appreciate that. Really appreciate it. 865-255-03 is our telephone number. Got to get better quick, fast, in a hurry. But, man, you're going to play games like that. I remember with Tennessee – was number one in the country. And remember we struggled with Vanderbilt? Yep. On the road. Didn't that game go into overtime? You're, you're referencing yeah. the Grant Williams 40-point performance slash the Jordan Bowden dunk. Oh, my That was God. absolutely tremendous on the lob from Bone on yeah. the baseline. That was, that was that game. Yeah, that was when uh, Grant that, Williams. That game went into overtime, right? It did. It did. That was the game where Grant Williams hit like twenty six free throws in a row, something like that. And yes. that, and one of those, yeah, one of those and ones, he he had like this, he had the uh, the um, Hulk Hogan pose, Armor Hammer pose. Him, I think it was him and Abner yep. Schofield. It's it's still a a gif if you <laughs> if you search Tennessee. <laughs> or Vols 
uh, on on Twitter under the gifts, it it comes up one of the first ones to come up. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, last last night was it, it wasn't a slouch of a a win. I, I I have a feeling that some people, maybe a good chunk of, of people, are viewing it that way. I know the message boards are freaking out and. Uh, look, I'm I'm concerned about Tennessee's offense, even with the way that they finished the game. How can you not be concerned about Tennessee's offense? They've got to figure out something quick, fast, and in a hurry. Their, their defense is going to keep them in every single game that they play. But if, if the offense doesn't get more efficient, doesn't become better, just as simple as that, then... It's going to be another disappointing end to the season. And and look, even with me saying that, a potential end of the season isn't for another two months, two and a half months. So I'd rather Tennessee be going through this now than in March, in the middle of, of March. And I, I know that Tennessee says that they feel good about their shots and, and they're, they make the shots in practice. At some point, they've got to start making them in the game. They miss far too many open shots. I mean, at some point, it just boils down to, to just make them. You, you got to find a way to make them because you're you are leaving too many opportunities on the floor. But Swain, like last night's defensive performance shouldn't get lost in the shuffle. Tennessee is one of the best defensive teams in the country. And Ole Miss is no slouch. I, I kind of talked about it earlier. They, they have legit basketball players within their starting lineup, even with them being without their best player last night. Matthew Morrell, Deshaun Ruffin, Ty Fagan, th- those are some really good basketball players that, heck, I would love to see play for Tennessee. Tennessee recruited Matthew Morrell out of Memphis during the recruiting process. I uh, don't know how how far they went with him in the recruiting process, but but they were one of the, the final four, final five teams in, in his recruitment and I I thought that it would be a rock fight going into the game and, and would have said as much had we done the show yesterday because Ole Miss's defense is is really good. They they weren't very efficient offensively going into the game, but defensively they, they had a top one hundred, really top fifty defense in the country and they forced a ton of turnovers. They've now forced their opponents into double digit turnovers in every single game this season and until last night you mentioned the turnovers Tennessee forced 27 turnovers Ole Miss forced uh what was it 19 turnovers yep that's the first first time all season Ole Miss has had more turnovers than its opponents so it was a really good defensive team going into the game and and I tweeted it at the beginning that I hope everybody took the under because it was going to be a rock fight. Um, Did you take and it? It, it? It was. I didn't, I didn't pick the game. I, I wasn't touching that. I, I Look, I don't trust this Tennessee basketball team. I love them. <laughs> I, I think they have a lot of potential, but I don't trust them at this point because of their offense. So I, I think people are going to get caught up on the Ole Miss logo and the Ole Miss name and, and think that last night's performance was just – an abomination of, of Tennessee basketball. It really wasn't. Ole Miss is is a it's not a great team, but it's far from a, a bad team. And they're really good defensively. And Tennessee itself turned in 
a terrific defensive performance. And I feel like that's going to get lost, Swain, because in today's society, in terms of the basketball society, it's all about points, 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 points. And Tennessee didn't put up a lot of points last night. So naturally, people are thinking, oh, what a what a horrific performance when that's not the case. No, it was, you know, it was it was not ideal, but it was it was dang good on one side of the court, and that's on defense. And um, offensively, we, we we hear last year's team, man, this team's going to be better than the 2019 team. And this team right here, man, the 2021 team has a chance to be better than the 19 team. They're not going to be better. Defensively, they might be better. But you're not playing just on one side of the court. This team lacks, and I'm with you, I love this basketball team, but when you love something, you're able to be honest, at least you should be able to, about what you see. And what I see is a team that does not have a person that you can get the ball to on the on the elbow and say, go work. Not one you can do that with consistently. You were able to do that with Grant Williams. And that was before people really knew that he was going to be an NBA player. Because there were still questions at that moment if he was going to be an NBA player because he was a post player, undersized post player at that moment that had not transformed his game to being one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA as far as percentage. But Grant Williams was a guy that, oh, struggling a little bit, guys, shots not fogging a little bit. Let's give Grant the ball on the, on the, on the elbow, clear it out, give him one side of the court to go – Get a bucket. If he got fouled, we know he was a good free throw shooter. This team does not have that. It's supposed to be John Fulkerson, but he's only done it it in one game against Arizona. Kenny Chandler, it's only so much you can do from the point guard position. You can't can't take everybody off the dribble. It's not high school. You got help defenders. You got people that will be sacking off their man. They're not going to let you just play one-on-one ball. And there were some times when Kennedy tried to do that, and part of his five turnovers – um, him doing that was part of his five turnovers. You now, Viscovi has some nice moves, but we don't, we don't have anybody that Rick Barnes can say, all right, man, we are struggling, missing shots. Let's isolate him on the block or on the elbow and let him go get us a couple buckets. We don't have that person that can do it consistently just yet. And that's the difference between this team and 2019 team. Ooh, yeah, and, and also, Swain, I think, Maybe the fact that it's still an old school style of play, I think that can be frustrating at times because you see the, the the best teams in the SEC over the last couple of years, Auburn, Alabama, LSU, Kentucky, um, a little bit of Arkansas, they – they they kind of open up the offense and, and let their their star guards go to work and Tennessee doesn't really do that uh, because they they are running uh, an old school system and and that's fine. Rick Barnes has won a ton of basketball games and as frustrating as the offense is, Tennessee is still ten and three and one of those losses is without Kennedy and Folky to Alabama. One of those losses is to Texas Tech in which you lost in overtime, although that was a 
a horrific offensive performance that night. Like it was still a close loss is my point. And a couple of plays go your way in the Texas Tech or Alabama game. And this is an 11-1 and basketball team with the only loss coming to Villanova. So it's we're more frustrated because of the standard that Rick Barnes and his program has has set for us. They, they, they live up to a different standard than they did several years ago, as, as it should be. And at times, I, I completely agree with you about needing that guy to throw it down to on the block like you were able to with Folky against Arizona. And Tennessee needs that from, from Folky every single night. And Rick Barnes said it after the game, like, teams – Teams at this point with Folky being here six years, they know how to guard him. They're, they're not going to let him do the, you know, the, the flopping around and, and flailing around and, and drawing fouls. They're, they're going to be physical with him at the point of attack. And if, if Folky doesn't do something as soon as he catches the ball because he doesn't have the, the strength to, to outduel somebody like a Nasir Brooks last night who was seven foot and pretty yoked up or or even the the Arizona defenders I mean he he's not gonna the bully ball Zach Randolph you know back it down and, and get it out of the mud with, with those type of guys I mean as soon as he catches the ball he's got to go up and do something whether it's a, a pass and setting up his teammate or going up for a bucket and last night he didn't do that he did against Arizona and that's why he had 24 and 10 last night he's he's catching it under the basket two three four times and he's hesitating. He's trying to, you know, flail all over the place, and he's not efficient when, when he's doing that. He's efficient when he's making a decision and doing something as soon as he catches the basketball, and, and Tennessee needs more of that from him. But there are also instances, Swain, where I would like to see Kennedy Chandler do what he did against Colorado. You're a lottery pick. Let's get something going to, to the basket. And you, you are unguardable most of the time going, driving towards the basket. Let, let's try to get something at the rim, draw some fouls, head to the free throw line. I, I think Santi and, and Josiah can be efficient in that area as well. So I do agree with you, but I'd also like to see Tennessee's guards, which are the strength of this team, take over the game in, in that regard. As are well. they allowed to? Because it doesn't – I don't it, know. It, Probably it, not. It, it seems like – like I watch Kentucky and I watch LSU play, and, and I'll, I'll use LSU as an example. And this this is something I've noticed for the last couple of years, man. Them dudes, them dudes, look like they play they, they play free. They look like they play free, and sometimes they, you know, Darius Days will. Man, he took like three threes in a row and like missed them, but Will Wade never got onto him. I mean, they were open shots, and and you know, as long as you play hard on defense and as long as you play a great effort, like he 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 gonna let you play a little bit on offense and. Those guys look like they are playing free. And you mentioned you, what you want to see from the guards. Are they allowed to do that without getting an earful? We saw that at the end of the regulation. Kenny Chandler did not take the best shot. I mean, he could have went. That bothered drove, the crap out of me. Yeah, he should have drove the ball to the basket. He should have made a different shot. All you have that to be that is whole one point, sequence irritated me. Yeah, all you have to be is one point better. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if you are three points better. Um, so he yeah, took everybody, a bad shot. Everybody was mad at rick for not calling a timeout and i mean i I don't understand that critique of rick barnes because 
Ole Miss on, on that possession after Tennessee got the rebound, that they had numbers down the floor. Ole Miss was all out of sorts. Tennessee, I think Josiah got the rebound. He should have pushed the basketball sooner. Kennedy should have got something going towards the rim. You, you didn't need a three. You, you, you could have. All you needed is one point, just like you said, Swain. And, and Ole Miss was out of sorts. You had numbers, and, and you settled for a three. In that moment, you don't want to call a timeout. You, you don't want to call a timeout and allow Ole Miss's defense to get set. They, they were all over the place. They, they were confused after their offensive possession. And if Tennessee pushes as soon as they get the rebound, I guarantee you they get a foul or, or they get a layup at, at the rim and they win and they don't go to overtime. So sorry to cut you off. But no, you're that, good. <laughs> that really grinded my gears. And it, it's, it's one of those new age basketball things that I don't like. And I love Steph Curry. He's changed the, the game for the better. He, he's made it more entertaining with three point shot. But that that is one of the, the downfalls of the Steph Curry effect, in my opinion, is because now a lot of guys want to hit that game winning three. And last night, you did not need a game winning three. Yeah, and, and you know, Rick is getting ready to tear Kenny a new one, and Josiah had to step in between. I asked myself at that moment, although I understand the shot selection was poor, I asked myself, okay, are these guys able to play free on offense? And, and it doesn't look like it at this point that they are. And maybe that's no, – I agree. You look at Auburn. I mean, them dudes, like – Hey, you you, 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 you practice the shot, let it fly. If you miss it, you know, we're gonna, we'll get it back on defense. We're going to hustle. We're going to claw. We're going to scratch. It just it just feels like the style of play LSU and Auburn is generating more success in the last year, two, three, than the success that we're having right here. And that doesn't – mean that I do not love our basketball team, love our basketball program, but I'll be lying if I sit here and said I didn't have those thoughts watching other teams play. Like, our guys look like they are uncomfortable. Like, they feel like they they can't play free. And uh, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I saw. I don't think you are. Yeah, that's just what I see um, from watching us play and then watching other, other teams play over the last couple – couple years let me hit the text box right quick and then uh we'll take a take another break i need to get some more water man some more vitamin c my my youngest we got the we got the the, the, the downstairs me and my youngest too and they sleep right now i can't get them to go get me some water so i gotta go get it and i'll do that during the break all right let me get the text box How many shot clock violations? Um, did we have a bunch? Oh, well, we had a we had a bunch. We I think there were two instances. I, I don't know the official stat. I'd have to to really go back and, and look through the, the to, to the game log. It's not a stat that's just readily available. But I, I know there was a sequence in which they had back to back shot clock violations that they forced, and I think there was a second sequence in which they forced back-to-back shot clock violations. So I want to say four or five. Yeah, that counts a turnover, too. Yes. I, I mean, Tennessee's defense was just absolutely tremendous. It's it's getting lost because the offense did not perform well. And uh, in today's basketball, people only care about offense. But la- last night's 
defense was elite. I mean, just absolutely tremendous. And and they did that even while catching some bad luck from the three-point line, Swain, because Ole Miss was 11 of 22. And I talked earlier about Ty Fagan uh, hitting some daggers for Tennessee when they were trying to come back. He was five of six. Matthew Morrell, one of the SEC's best three-point shooters, he was four of six. So Ole Miss finished 11 of 22. And the reason I say they kind of ran into some bad luck is because entering last night's game, Ole Miss was their points, only 28.8% of their points were coming from three, which was 244th in the country, according to Ken Palm. And in three-point percentage, they were 280th, 28.8% of their points were coming from from the three-point line. And then last night, they shoot 50%. And... 55% of their points last night came from the three-point line. So last night was an uncharacteristic night for Ole Miss from the three-point line. I like it, man. Ben bringing the stats. Ben bringing the numbers. We will bring you comments and questions from the text box when we come back from our break here in our number one, brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, don't go anywhere. More wide receiver, BFL 1991, and you're listening to the Swain event. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill. Or call 865-693-5400. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics. So we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knox Hill for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. 
So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. Fellas, when it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself, but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to MarkNelsonDenim.com. At Iris Networks, we know that business communication solutions are critical to your success. Since 1998, we've been helping businesses in East Tennessee by providing reliable and affordable high-speed fiber internet and voice solutions. That's why Iris Networks is your Tennessee communications partner. With internet speeds up to 100 gigs and work-from-anywhere solutions like mobile apps, video conferencing, and file sharing, we make sure you can stay connected to your customers and great communities we live and work in. Iris Networks, because just like you, Tennessee is our home. Especially the drum line during the New City Bowl. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool, man. I think Tennessee had Nick Cannon on their team, man. Our, our drum line was better. Our drum line was way better than Purdue's drum line. I don't know what they was doing. The dude outside of New City Bowl with the five-gallon bucket, his drum line was better than Purdue's. Tennessee did their thing. Really, really good. All right, it's time for around the SEC. Are we are we going to see Spencer Williams in the SEC, man? Do you think we're going to see him? Oklahoma Spencer quarterback Williams that hit the Caleb transfer Williams. portal. Sorry, say that again. Spencer Williams or Caleb Williams? Well, I say I said Spencer Williams. Caleb Williams. You're thinking of Spencer Rattler. It's okay. Yeah, whatever. Caleb Williams. I mean, him? we might. If 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 you were him, wouldn't you strongly consider transferring to Ole Miss? Yeah, I would. Yeah. Now, but here here's the thing about that. What will Lane's offense look like without Jeff Levy? I I think it'll still be fine, but Jeff Levy has has been kind of the guy running that. That offense, Lane obviously has a ton of say in that. Please, please don't think that I'm I'm saying that he hasn't. But Je- Jeff Levy's 
one of the the hot up and coming offensive coaches in in college football, and now he's at Oklahoma. Uh, Lane did bring in Charlie Weiss Jr. to be his new OC. So, how does that offense look look like without Levy? And Weiss is is viewed in the same regard as Levy, just a little younger, a lot younger. I think he's only twenty seven years old. Young, um, not the first time either. He brought him in at FAU. Yeah, when he was twenty five. Mm-hmm. But I, I liked Lane's explanation. I was actually reading about this yesterday. I was reading about Charlie Weiss Jr. and and Lane talked about how his experience matters more than his age because. Prior to working at FAU, he had stops with the Atlanta Falcons, with the New England Patriots, at Alabama, at Kansas when his dad was the head coach there, and at Florida. And Falcons, Patriots, Alabama, Kansas, Florida, all before the age of 25. And Lane's point was that, like, hey, I get the age questions, but he has more experience and experience at, at some big time stops more than some 40, 45 year old assistants ever have. I thought that Correct. was interesting. Correct. And, and Lane was the same way. Lane got experience because of, of his dad. And you look at Sean McVay, when Sean was growing up, he was around, you know, he was around Gruden and, and was around football because of his parents. And so he was able to gain experience that other coaches who are double his age are not able to get. So that's why, when you saw Sean McVay become a head coach, he was the youngest. The the age is the age is the age, but the, it's about the experience that matters. You can go out here right now as a forty five year old and go apply for this job and not get it because you don't have the experience. Whereas someone else that has the experience that's half your age, he's going to get that job, or she's going to get that job before you do. So, um, I did find it <clears throat> intriguing, Ben, that Lane Kiffin went after. You know, our offensive coordinator. Like, you lose Jeff Levy. You're Lane Kiffin. You have coached at Alabama. Um, You have basically changed Nick Saban's outlook on offensive football. Lane Kiffin's a great play caller. To lose Jeff Levy and then try to go out and get Alex Golish tells you all you need to know about what he wants to continue to do. He wants and Alex Golish. Huh? And tells you all you need to know about Alex Golish yeah, as but, well. Yeah, 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 for sure. So I think it would be a good spot for Caleb Williams for sure. I think the SEC is going to be the place where he goes. And you can't get those big offers legally until you get to the portal. So, yeah, I see him in the SEC. Uh, I didn't mean to throw Caleb would... Williams on you. Uh, no, you're good. You I was that. actually going to bring up Ole Miss. Okay. Because – Lane is going to have two new coordinators next year because DJ Durkin, his defensive coordinator, who turned Ole Miss's defense around. I mean, Ole Miss wasn't an elite defense, but it it took a a big step forward compared to where it was last season. (laughs) It went from being all-time bad to average, and that, that felt like a huge step for Ole Miss this year well dj durkin is off to texas a&m he is going to be jimbo fisher's new defensive coordinator so lane is going to have two new coordinators a lot of change taking place there in oxford matt corral he's obviously off to the to the draft 
and they're in need of a quarterback. Uh, Luke Altmeyer, who filled in for Matt Corral, I, I thought he showed some things in the bowl game, having to, to play uh, in an unfortunate situation, being thrown into the fire when he did not expect to be thrown into the fire. I, I thought you saw some potential, but you also saw that he's probably not ready to sustain the success, offensive success of, of Ole Miss this upcoming season. So I uh, certainly think that Caleb Williams would be at the top of the priority list for Lane Kiffin. And, and Lane's been out here retweeting Caleb Williams stuff. My, my only question, if I'm Caleb Williams, it's the same question that I would have thought heavily about if I was Spencer Rattler transferring to South Carolina is what weapons am I going to have to work with at Alabama, at Georgia, Ohio State, the, the schools that are routinely at the top, the the perceived top transfer destinations, you know that they're going to have top flight weapons at your disposal. You, you know you're going to have a, a ton of talent to play with. And at Ole Miss and, and at South Carolina, it, it's not an every year thing, Swain. And South Carolina, they lack receivers. They lack offensive linemen at, at Ole Miss. Uh, Braylon Sanders, he is moving on, I believe. You have Jonathan Mingo, Dontario Drummond. I, I believe they're upperclassmen as well. You had Jerion Ely declare for the draft. Uh, so are you going to have weapons to work with if, if you do go to Ole Miss? That, that's what I would be asking if I was Caleb Williams. Yeah. Got to have, gotta have weapons around you. I mean, all his weapons at Oklahoma left, so he, he might as well – have um, left Oklahoma and gotten to the portal. So um, yeah. there's a really good one from Oklahoma, really good wide receiver. Did you see that, Ben? Yeah, they're, they're, I, I did. I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head. Uh, forgive me, but I did see where one of Oklahoma's top receivers uh, did, did announce that he was entering – the portal there there were a couple of other keynotes in the sec that i do want to bring up real quick before we hit the top of the hour mario williams and the, yes thank you mario williams terrific name by the way um kentucky star wide receiver wandell robinson has entered the nfl draft this was expected but still big time news because quite frankly i don't want to see tennessee have to deal with him again he, he is an absolute stud I think he's going to play in the NFL for a long time. Good choice. Uh, 104 catches, one, 104 catches, 1,334 receiving yards, and seven touchdowns. And, I mean, he's going to be a second-round, third-round pick at minimum. So big for, for Tennessee that they don't have to deal with him again next year. He's off to the NFL. Good job, uh, Robinson. Yes, thank you for making that decision because we do not want to see you Again, here's and the bad how thing. About this one, here's the bad thing. Hold go on, go ahead. Man. I'm sorry. The bad thing. No, I'm interrupting you. But the bad thing is, the good thing is, we have to deal with this ass next year. The bad thing is, is Kentucky is going to be able to use this in recruiting to show that they are producing NFL wide receivers. And we got to wait a whole year before we can say the same thing. Unless Jamonte Payton goes to the league and shows out, more than likely as an undrafted free agent. So it's all on you, Valus and um, and um, Javante. Y'all gotta show out, man. 
and Javante uh, won't have the opportunity as Valus because Valus will be in the Senior Bowl. But the pressures on those two guys. I think those two, well, not two. Those two guys. I, I was thinking Tillman. Uh, that, that's why I was about to yeah, say. Tillman's next year. Say. Yes, 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 yes. I, I think Valus will make a, a roster. I, I think his, I think uh, he's many. It may be unfair to say that, but I, I think he's another Marquez Callaway to where he, he's a serviceable wide receiver that that can be your and Callaway's developed into a number two and number three, but off the off the cuff, a number four, number five receiver, and adds a ton of value on special teams, and that's why you 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 keep him around. I think Vez has a chance to get drafted because he's playing in single bowl. And yes, I be, agree. Yeah, there'll be more eyeballs on him than than any other um, All Star game. So that's that's was my fear is that Robinson will get drafted probably higher than than Vailus. I think Robinson's going to test out the out this world, and his game film was unbelievable in a system that is probably more NFL friendly than Tennessee's. Um, if I am an NFL Scout, I'm probably nodding more towards Robinson Valus um, before the evaluation period. That can all change for Valus if he knocks it out of the park as far as um, his understanding on the grease board and all those things. But Robinson, Robinson was great, man. Robinson was yeah. great this year. There's just no denying that. Um, but yeah, that's that was my that was my point, man. Just it's good that he is gone. But we'll have to deal with him in Kentucky pumping up those guys being able to develop an NFL wide receiver. So uh, I'll let you continue, man. We'll, um, we'll, we'll push top of our back a little bit and uh, take a break here in a couple minutes after you finish up around the SEC. So go ahead and finish. I'll show well, No, you're good. I, I really only had one other thing that I felt like was most definitely – worth mentioning and that is an update on florida quarterback emory jones who everybody assumed that he was going to enter the transfer portal and it's it's been expected that he is going to enter the transfer portal but according to matt zenitz of al.com or excuse me that's where he used to work he's now at on three sports uh matt zenitz of on three sports uh emory jones hasn't officially done so at this point, and according to his sources, Emory Jones is still with the team at Florida. He is enrolled in classes and took part in a team meeting on Tuesday. So that is very intriguing and also a win for the rest of the SEC. <laughs> if, if Emory Jones does decide to stay at Florida and he is Florida's quarterback next year, then that is a win for the rest of the SEC. Yep, unless unless Bill Napier and company sprinkle some of that that quarterback voodoo on them. But well, I would assume that uh, Anthony Richardson would would win that starting job. Yeah, who knows, man? Who knows? Who knows? I know um, there's some some shade going towards Bill Napier's way from the now head coach at Louisiana. I did see that because they had a player. Oh, there is. I did not see this. Oh, yeah. There's a um, player that 
decided to transfer from Louisiana to Florida. Cameron Waits and the head coach at Louisiana tweeted out, Definition of integrity. Firm uh, inheritance to a code of especially moral of artistic values, incorruptibility. Probably butcher all that, but throwing some look, throwing some shade. Shade or a coach that is in his feelings? Both. <laughs> He's definitely in his feelings. <clears throat> he is definitely in his feelings. He is in his feelings. Tennessee, Tennessee may try to go out and and get a a Louisiana transfer. I, I think there's a couple of of running backs that that Tennessee is evaluating currently in the portal at the running back position. One from Wake Forest, Christian Bill Smith, who was Wake Forest's leading rusher the past two seasons in 20 starts, and then Montrell Johnson from Louisiana Lafayette. And there's an assumption that he's going to head to Florida as well. But he had a great year, a great freshman year this past year for Louisiana. He is a, a, a Louisiana kid, so have to wonder if LSU would have any interest. But uh, maybe Tennessee ends up with the Louisiana Lafayette transfer. As long as he makes our football team better, that's all I care about. That's all I care about. Michael. You got these Louisiana names, man. All these X's at the end. These more hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me look at the said these. I said these. <laughs> I said I said these. They got a pronunciation guide over here somewhere for 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 the coach. I don't want to butcher his name. I got a feeling I'm about to. <laughs> All right, Des Morneau. Des, you know. I do not know. Do you know? No, I don't. I don't know. Anyways, the Louisiana head coach is the one who threw some shade, and he's the one that looks bad. He looks terrible in this situation. He probably deserves a full look. You, you never look good throwing out subtweets. See, here, here's what I think. I think Josh Heupel is just a better man than, Say his name. than Billy Napier. Oh. Because... Josh Heupel did not go poach UCS roster after after he took the head coaching job at Tennessee. No, he did not do that. Billy Napier's doing that to Louisiana Lafayette. So obviously that means Josh Heupel is just a better man, better coach than Billy Napier. I mean, as as bad as you know Lincoln Raleigh did Oklahoma, he didn't do that either. So, and I'm glad Josh Heupel doesn't get into that. You just never look good when you're subtweeting. It doesn't look good. Pick up the phone. If you got a problem, pick up the phone, handle it privately. It doesn't look good when you try to go public and you're doing this passive aggressiveness. It just doesn't look good. What does look good is the Swain event in hour number two. There will be an hour number two. 
Because we have made it through hour number one. We have made it through. So there will be an hour number number three. And then hour number three. Yeah. Yeah. What That's about an hour number four? Hour number three, I think, is 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 enough. I think I think hour three will be the end of the show today, just like it normally is, Ben. Even though we didn't do a show yesterday, and people probably want us to combine the two shows and do hour number six, but hey, man, I'm just trying to I'm trying to fight through, man, and get to hour number three. That's what I'm trying to do. And we are a quarter, no, a third of the way there. There, you almost tripped me. A third of the way there. Hour two is coming up. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Don't go anywhere. Be right back.